I'm Sade. Welcome to It's Your Life, where amazing things happen only if you let them. This is another episode of It's Your Life, and today I have a special guest that this has been a while in the making, and so I'm so glad I finally get to have her come on and speak. Um, Funke is the founder of Your Corporate Black Girl, Inc., and Your Corporate Black Girl brand. She's an alumna of the University of Maryland at College Park. And she's a DMV native, representing the DMV, uh, currently in the public sector, and she enjoys conversations about Black life and the professional environment. Funka, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Sade. Of course. I know that we've been talking about this for a while. I know. It's been, it's, <laughs> it's been like, what? I, I don't even know if it's been since last year, and then, like, COVID happened, so yeah. Just but I'm, yeah, I'm just happy to be able to talk with you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, I had a previous episode where we sort of talked about the retreat that I held last year um, in Mexico in Tulum, and Funka she came and did a workshop for our participants, which they loved so much. And so we've been kind of talking. We've always been in collaboration right, and doing right. things together, but finally being able to get you on this other side of my venture is it's really really nice so I'm glad that you're on oh thank you and I really enjoyed uh the workshop and I love the retreat it was like a really nice way to get black women and women of color and just women of of just coming together and actually being able to talk about their dreams and talk about their goals and be able to um talk about like you know things that we usually don't talk about in our daily settings you know what i mean so i think it was a really good opportunity to do that and to share with the other women absolutely um the retreat was just something that me and my business partner chitty had come up with and i don't think we expected just how just how organic i feel like everything was within our participants and the workshops that we have the discussions that we were able to have and the beautiful beautiful villa that we'd rented out and just the environment and everything and so we're glad we got to do that pre-covid um and thinking about what we're going to be doing next with the with the brand but i wanted to you know this episode is about you Mm-hmm. And I know that the work that you've done with your corporate Black Girl Inc. and the brand and the lives that you're really changing with it. Um, so if you could kind of talk about us, like, how did YCBG get started? And, you know, I also want to sort of talk about your experiences as a young professional Black woman and working in public sector and how, sort of how did that come about? Okay, so this story starts off when I graduated from university. So I went to a PWI, and even me coming from high school, going to college was actually a culture shock to me, but I was able to kind of be able to fit in. Um, The reason was because university, it's different people, there's different organizations, so you're able to kind of fit where you fit in. Um, Graduating from college, um, you know, I, I was able to get an internship, and I realized that, you know, getting an internship, although you'll be working with other people at work, it's not like university where you're able to kind of like leave work and kind of interact with different types of people. You're with the same people every day. And that's something that I had to think about. I'm like, okay, I'm going to work. Um, 
there's not really much people to talk to because this is my team and I'm here for eight hours a day. So I had to kind of navigate the workplace during that time and how to figure out how do I fit in. And especially when you're in a workplace, especially when you're a woman of color, you go into a workplace and there's a majority of white or, you know, people that don't identify being uh, of color, you start to realize that you're different. And I realized I was different and I was trying to find ways to fit in. I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, do I, what do I say? How do I uh, relate to other people? So that was a struggle that I had to deal with. It wasn't just that. It was also the way I dressed. Um, It was also making sure that my hair was nice because me, um, I always had to make sure I, you know, had some type of hairstyle that looked really great because compared to my counterparts, you know, they could come in with any type of hairstyle but if I did if I didn't really keep my hair neat that I would be looked at as someone that's not serious about the job so it was something it was if you think about it it was little small things that I've noticed that were making a really big impact that I was thinking about every single day I wanted to make a good impression I wanted to go up the ladder I wanted to be able to do my work and to show progress but little things that I've noticed were holding me back so that's why I started Your Corporate Black Girl. And it was just an idea that I was just driving to work one day and said, hey, like, I want to be able to have a platform that's relatable. And not to say that other organizations are not relatable, but there are organizations where they're not really raw about the true, what, like, the true meaning of what it is to be a black woman in the workplace. And I'm not saying that they don't know. It's just being, being true and being raw and saying, hey, this is what it is. This is what's going on with me. And I feel as though my organization, the one I started, I wanted to make sure that was something that was apparent, that anybody can come in or, or, or come into the platform and say, hey, I'm going through this. I have a problem with this. And I want, I want to know if anyone has advice for me. So that's just a little bit of background about how it came about, how I started it. And I just kind of wanted to share my experiences. And me sharing my experiences actually helped other women because they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I relate to this too, or, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I was the only one going through this. And that's something that really makes me happy. And I get messages all the time about people saying the same exact thing. And I feel as though I'm making an impact in the community. Absolutely. And what one thing that I love about Your Corporate Black Girl is that it's such like a community-based approach and it's so collaborative. I mean, on the website, which is yourcorporateblackgirl.com, um, what we have is that we have like black female writers that contribute and write articles. We have submissions and there's such a big Twitter community um, for YCBG. And so whether you're following on Twitter or you're hopping onto the website or you're on the newsletter, you really get to see that, okay, I'm not the only one. And you know, like I had questions about this and I'm glad that other people like also right. are feeling that, <laughs> like that hair thing. I remember I did not change, when, my first job out of college, I did not change my hair for like a solid like four months. Cause I was like, okay, like as black women we love like that's how we express our creativity you know we have braids we have weaves we have cuts like it's it's so it's just an expression but it's like because you're a black woman you're just thinking about like okay well my other colleagues are not switching their hair up all the time and i have to be careful about color choice and about Mm -hmm. styling and making it look quote unquote neat and you know for that for, for that, I guess, professional environment. And so I think that what you said is just a highlighted example of what we as black, young black women especially, 
kind right, of go to right. um, and go through during that first sort of experience um, with it. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit more with that internship experience and also you transitioning into full time. Did you feel like you were able to develop mentorship or to either other black colleagues or senior leadership that you could kind of like go to and ask for that? Or did you feel like that was mostly with your friends and with the online community? How was that experience for you? Okay, so I'll tell you this now. I was very blessed to have an office with another black woman and she was about 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And when I say I was very blessed, like she, she was a woman who she was so professional around everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when we shared an office, we would talk about just things that I normally wouldn't talk about with my other uh, colleagues. Right. So Mm -hmm. she was a mentor in a way where, if things happen or if I I say, okay, this is what's going on or what's happening, she would say, oh, girl, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it worked. And it was because, number one, she's been in the workforce longer than me. She knows what, she knows her environment. She knows how to code switch. She knows exactly when to say things, when to do things. And she was giving me so much advice about that. And she was one of those sheroes in the office. Mm. And it got to... And I started to realize it got to a point where although I was in that situation and I was able to be able to have some type of mentor, it was not an established relationship where it's like she's my mentor, but I saw her so I saw her as one, right? Yeah. So and I started to realize that other women did not have that. And because other women did not have that, I knew, okay, your corporate blacker would be the perfect platform to not only um allow women to express how they feel, but to allow to be able to have a whole bunch of women to be their mentor um, that is not, I guess, a mentor-mentee relationship, but someone that is kind of like that on the online platform. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I love that you said that you were very blessed and that you understood that other women may not have that opportunity or have that experience. And that is what kind of uh, pushed you to start that. And I love that your catchphrase that says, your corporate black girl, a collective dedicated to embracing black women and inspiring millennials in the prof- in professional spaces and transitioning to YCBG. I just love that it has that focus. And I, from my experience, I work in tech and I feel like that is changing slowly, but mm-hmm. it's changing where we're starting to see more of those conversations about equity and inclusion and those being pushed forward. And I'm seeing just so many like badass women that are just having, holding space for us and that are having mm-hmm. conferences and meetups and, you know, organizations specifically dedicated to this. I think of, mm-hmm. um, there's a recent one, it's called A Future for Us that is focused on women of color in the workplace. And there's a few others, I think Empower Her, that is like all focused on women in the workplace, women of color, and how we can make sure that we have the, we're okay, we're invited to the table, thank you. Mm -hmm. But but not only are we at the seat of the table, thank you, but our voices are being magnified, which I think is is really, really important. Right, right. I totally agree with you. And I'm curious, um, in, so how many years has your corporate black girl been, when did you first found it and what, what stage are you all in right now? Okay. So your corporate black girl, the Twitter page started in 2017. Mm -hmm. So I actually thought of the Twitter page to kind of 
it wasn't, I, I don't know. I think it was more about me venting and me trying to kind of express how I feel about just my experiences. And then I wanted to also not only have a, a, a Twitter page or social media about expressing, but I also wanted to get IDs of other black women too. So while I was expressing my, how I felt, I used like, you know, social media things like memes. Like I would say, okay, well, this is how I felt today and have a meme and then people would relate to that. So a lot of people would retweet that. Um, and then it got to a point where not only I was just putting out just relatable tweets about how I felt, I was able to allow women to have discussions under these tweets. So that's something that, um, that I was able to kind of cultivate. Right. And then in 2018, I decided to just open a blog. And I, I think, I think back then around like the 2018, 2017 era, people were actually blogging. Mm. Um, and also people were also, you know, doing YouTube videos too, but blogging was something that everyone said, okay, I had a blog, I had a blog. So I said, I felt like, okay, like, I, let me get a blog too. And I will, and I would invite women to, post uh blogs about how they felt or different topics of you know things so things that they can express themselves with you know everyone likes to talk about things and they love love it when people read it and then I try to remember I remember it was probably end of 2018 or 2019 um I was able to I was able to talk with I'm sorry around 2018 or 2019 I was able to communicate with a woman named Nikki Davis, right? Mm -hmm. Or Nicole Davis, that's her name. And she gave me a really great idea. She said, you know what? Like, I really love your platform. And I feel that, you know, I want to do like an advice calling. Mm -hmm. And she's the one who posted, um, she's the one who posed the question to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a really great idea. But in my mind, I'm like, okay. So I was trying to see if I can, would I be able to answer the questions? Because even though I'm young at the time, I, even though I do have like a few years of knowledge because of my experience in the workplace, I didn't really, I couldn't really give someone like a really uh, well-rounded answer. Yeah. So she told me, and so she told me, she said, oh, I can do it. And I was like, oh my, like when she told me that, and when she said that she, she was able to do it, it was something that I was just like, oh my gosh, like someone that I do not know, someone that's saying that they, they, they love the platform and someone who's, who's really wants to help me they offered to do it. Yeah. And she's been doing it for like, I would say like maybe a year and a half now going on two years now It's 2020. And it has been actually, I will say this now and she probably doesn't know it. She probably does, but, uh, at Nikki has been actually like the bread and butter of mm. your corporate black girl because yeah. it got to a point where after she was answering questions, people just wanted to kind of, Oh my gosh, like, I have this burning question. I want advice and I want people in this community to answer. I want different types of answers. Right. And that's the beauty of your corporate black girl, because when you're asked a question, you don't get one answer um, on when it comes to the timeline, you get different people's perspective and you're able to kind of sit there and say, okay, I'm getting maybe like 10 different answers to this question. And I'm getting 10 different people's perspectives. And now in your, now, now to yourself, you're thinking, okay, what should I do? Mm -hmm. because now you have now you're able to kind of not just be at home by yourself but you have access to different types of people and different types of women based on their different types of experiences so so that's basically how it started and that's how it kind of transformed into this um question answer community relate um, relatable type of platform and now that um i was able to kind of get that going on i said okay I want to be able to get back to the community, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, what is a what, what is something that I experienced 
that I want to give back. So when I was, um, and this is before um, I got to my, actually, I had like multiple internships. I'll tell you that I had a multiple internships. So it was a one internship I had before my next one. The next internship I had was paid. That's the one when I really was able to kind of understand the workforce, because when you're intern unpaid, you don't really, they don't really scrutinize you that much. They're like, okay, well, you're just here, you know, you're volunteering. So, you know, I didn't really feel, um, I felt it a little bit, but there were other black women in the office, but some offices don't have that. And I have been in offices where I was the only one, Mm -hmm. but, um, it wasn't that apparent. Right. And I remember when I graduated from college, I didn't, I, I had an internship. I wasn't getting paid. I, I wasn't one of those kids or those college students where I come out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got a, I got a job. I have a salary. That wasn't me. So I just wanted to put that out there that not everyone has that opportunity to graduate and then be able to have like a salary job that I actually had to work my way up to be able to have be salaried based Mm. on going to an internship, having experience. Right. So I actually had to leave my internship, the one that was unpaid. And the reason was because I couldn't afford to go. When I say I could afford to go, like I would pay for, um, metro, I would pay for parking, I would pay all these things to get to work. And money was just money was just like leaving my bank account. Like imagine you're not getting an income and money's just leaving out. So it's not nothing is being replenished at all. So um, the job didn't offer uh, stipends to go to work or it, it, it was more of oh, okay, you want an internship, you want experience. So we're going to give it to you, we're not gonna give anything back. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing wrong with this uh, agency, the agency was really great. It was just, when it comes to government agencies, sometimes they don't, they really don't have funding. Sometimes the government says, Hey, like, we're not going to fund this year because X, Y, Z is happening. So I, you know, it wasn't something for me to blame, but it was more about, at least they gave me the opportunity to have this experience. And that's something that I really value. And that experience actually helped me get my paying job, you know? So sometimes you have to think about, you have to think about, you know, what you can lose, what you can win, like your, your, you know, pros and cons of every situation. So based on that experience, I said, okay, I want to be able to raise money and I want to be able to put black women in a position where if they have an internship and the internship, they're not paying them any money, they're not giving them a stipend. I want to be able to give back. And that's why I came up with She's on the Go. And She's on the Go is a transportation fund um, that gives access to black women who have unpaid internships, who are in college or graduated from college recently to be able to go to the internships and not having to worry about transportation money. And we do this based on the money that comes in. So if we get a certain amount, we will try our hardest to be able to allocate to everybody. And I was so proud that last year in 2019, I was able to raise enough money to be able to give everybody uh, funds to go to work. So that's something that I'm really proud of because at the time it was really hard for me to ask people for money, especially when you start, especially when you start a nonprofit and, um, you don't really have that support because you're not a big nonprofit. People don't know who you are. But I would go on YouTube and try to figure out, okay, how do I how do I express um, how I feel and how I want other people to understand how I feel about a certain topic or situation? How do I get them to understand to the point where they're like, okay, I want to donate to this cause? And I was able to do that successfully by, on my own. And it's something that I'm very, very proud of. Absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> and and I, I want to highlight just something that you were actually able to give to women who were not only in the U.S., but also you had one intern who was actually based in the U.K. And I think that that just highlights just 
that this is this this community is truly global and right, that the right. impact is global as well because I think a lot of these communities and conferences and things like that and companies are sort of US centric but we realize right. that hey black people are everywhere right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we have black british people we have afro brazilian people we have afro latinas right. we have you know like that that and the issue with working in corporate non corporate corporate nonprofit tech you know our issues are universal um and i think in your annual report you you highlight just sort of the industries and also like countries that your the community is coming from and i just kind of want to highlight that and so you have it's it's so amazing but the majority of people are employed in engineering infotech social work business finance and consulting um and then you also have sort of some sprinklings of legal real estate tourism um and there's like government as well and 60 percent is like in between the 23 to 25 age where a lot of us are millennials trying to figure it out and Mm -hmm. the world i think the world looks so different and we can talk about code we're going to talk about COVID in a minute but working in a corporate space it looks so different where you know we always talk about millennials how we're always job hopping and you know things like that where that sort of old school of okay well just do a good job and stay at this company for 10 years you know and you know like don't ask questions and just do good work and you know whatever and millennials are like um no like you know like i'm gonna do what feeds me and my career and my growth and my development um, which I think is really great to highlight. And, and it, just going back to the stats that we have for the global um, global impact and imprint of Your Corporate Black Girl, of course, 82% are from the U.S., that's granted. So we have 5% from the U.K., 4% from Canada, and you also have people from South Africa, women from South Africa, India, Ireland, Nigeria, France, right. and Germany. And right. the 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 how do I say this the um impact is like it's amazing just thinking about even cross like Twitter Instagram LinkedIn and Facebook it's very impressive right right and I also wanted to highlight that sometimes I wonder okay there's a reason why um the UK is probably like a small percentage maybe because you know um a lot of their websites that you know you know like every uh internet uh I don't know. I don't want to call it an intranet because I, I know that the UK has, they don't really have like firewalls like, you know, other countries do. But yeah. sometimes I wonder, like, I don't know if it's like the Google effect where it's like you search something and Google's like, okay, I'm just going to kind of pertain everything in the UK. Mm, so right. <laughs> sometimes I wonder like, okay, maybe this number could be a little bit increasing because I do, because um, the reason I say this is because it was a black woman and, um, she actually reached out to me. She was coming. She was com- She was at. She actually. She, sorry. She was actually in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, "Hey, I'm coming to the US, and I want to meet you." Wow. That's what she told me. She said, <laughs> and she told me, and we had, we had, we went to a restaurant, and we had a lunch together. And she said, "You don't know that your platform is. It's. You don't know how amazing it is." Wow. And when she told me that, I was like, "Wait, you're from the UK? Like, I don't really get none of hits like that." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, I would never think so. Like, when she told me that, it made me realize that, you know what, like, I probably am, um, this this is impactful, like you said, and it is, like, global, and I do want it to be able to um, reach more people around the world because there are 
um, black women, especially that they sometimes they do go to these other countries for work. You know, they, they, I mean, you know, their job might send them there or they might say, you know what, there's an opportunity there. I I don't want to travel. I want to go. So, and also being, and, and I'm also being able to hopefully get their experiences in these other countries is something that I really are i'm really am interested in especially because i study sociology so mm. I'll, I'll always want to kind of know what is what is someone's environment how are they thinking how are they coping like what like is it easy is it hard and i'm always interested in stories like that absolutely um and i think that just highlights that the the, the universal impact and principles that your corporate black girl is having um, and so I, I want to go back to how you were talking about She's on the Go for the 2019 campaign. And currently, you're also running the 2020 scholarship campaign. In the midst of COVID, we have so many internships that have gone virtual, but then also internships that have just been canceled. And so how is that scholarship campaign um, supporting that? And in what way have you had to pivot as an organization to help support Black women globally? Okay, so I'll tell you guys this now. <laughs> so when I um, wanted to do uh, She's on the Go 2020, you know, I, you know, everyone had this like mindset of 2020 is about to be the year of vision. We're about to do things, and we were we we literally overhyped this year. So yes. I um, back like in November, I've already had like a promo video. I had plans to make a video. I actually have three women who are able to take their time to come to Rockville, Maryland to record with me and to be able to kind of share the experience. And I'm really thankful for that. Um, it was just a beautiful experience. And I just, I just want to shout them out because they really helped me out with this. Um, it was Chelsea, Imani, and Tapiwa. And I will say their days because they actually came all the way to Rockville to record with me to kind of show, talk about their experiences of being a black woman in, in corporate space. Um, so that shows you that I really was working on having this campaign and they were doing a video for my campaign to promote the uh, scholarship program. Um, so I was based, I had so many ideas in my head and I wanted to kind of, uh, put, I wanted to kind of uh, have like a bigger and better type of campaign this year. And due to COVID, at first I said, okay, COVID might last for a month, right? So I mm-hmm. said, okay, I, just, I, just, I could, I could kind of like still do this uh, scholarship program. I could still ask, you know, for donations. And weeks after that, I started to see the numbers and I'm like, okay, people are losing their jobs. Like places are closing. And a lot of my viewers or a lot of people on my platform, their majority of them, I will say this, are college students transi- transitioning to the professional environment, right? Right. And these... And this, and this is 60% of the people that are on my platform. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, when you're transitioning, you kind of, especially when it comes from college to your professional world, a lot of people are spending money on a lot of things to kind of make that transition. Yes. And oh, no, like, my. I, I'm being honest. Like, no, I, <laughs> oh, like, let's just, just to interrupt just for a little bit. I <laughs> totally remember, literally, I had a credit card, like my first credit card. And I like, I finish. everyone finishes in May, but your start date might be June, end of June, July, even September. So mm-hmm. there's like these months where you're like, okay, what job can I do? And like a lot of right. students, a lot of jobs in undergrad, you have to be a student. So it wasn't like I could work on campus anymore and I was right. back home. So I'm like, okay, I need to move to my new city. I don't have any money. My bonus isn't coming in until I literally start work. And I need to buy professional clothes, like all these things that if you don't have that 
support from parents. And it's not that like your parents are going to do everything they can, but I think for a lot of us, for me, I'm seeing for myself as an immigrant, it wasn't that easy, you know, knowing my mom also has other children and my brothers and sisters are not in that, in that, um, in that ability to help me out. So I just remember like, I was like, okay, I'm going to pay off this credit card. Like with my signing (laughs) bonus, like, okay. Like ordering stuff for like my clothes, you know, like new shoes. Cause I'm like in consulting, I need to look professional, like all this stuff and i i had to commute i remember like i had a car and i had to commute i couldn't even mm-hmm. get my car like i oh brought it was, a, it was a 2003 honda accord that was my baby i sold it but <laughs> 2003 honda accord and it was like two grand i think to pay for it and i couldn't even mm-hmm. pay for it until wow. i literally got my signing bonus and i was able to just give cash to the dealer and be like hey like i need this to literally commute back and forth and so right. it's like there's so many of these costs that I think mm-hmm. that it, it's a lot of we don't talk about. And it's like unless your parents are right. in that situation. And I had colleagues that were fresh from campus that and at the time I was living in D.C. that their parents like paid for their first month's rent. Their parents right. paid right. for because you need a deposit right. a month ahead. Right. Their parents paid and- for that. <laughs> they like they and- helped, they moved. They started in July, but they moved in June, got settled all of that before their first paycheck. And it's like, I could not relate. So thank you for highlighting that. No, and then, and you know, you mentioned something about how you had colleagues and I don't know, you know, exactly, I guess the ratio of your colleagues, but I will say this like black women, when it comes to just moving, it's just, and it comes to just their parents supporting them, all of them don't. Yeah. Um, a lot of them don't support them. And it's not because they can't, because they really don't have the means to fund them. Yeah. And if you're a black woman, you're going to college, right? And you want to make something of yourself and you want to be able to be great professionally, you're going to, it's going to be a gap where it's like, okay, I want to be able to be great. But at the same time, I don't really have that financial support that's going to take me there. And a lot of people don't understand that. They, 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 they think that, okay, you know, your parents are supposed to help you. Yes, you know, that, that, I mean, I don't want to say they're supposed to, but I mean, that would be the, I guess, the great thing to do. But a lot of people don't have that background. And I thought about, you know, when, when, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my, my, my audience. I said, okay, these are my audience. These are the people that transition a lot. These are people that don't really have money. And I understand that there's going to be other women who are going to donate too. So I, I kind of want to bring the point that the reason why I, I decided to kind of not, to stop actually advertising um, the campaign. And even though the, the campaign's on the website, it's there. Like, you can donate. Anyone could donate if you want to. You can, and I, and I really hope that, you know, uh, people find the heart too. But at the same time, um, I didn't want to market something where I knew that I had an audience that they couldn't even afford to even donate $10. Mm. And that's just the reality of it. Like, yeah. I, I, and I, and I felt bad about it because I remember when I was in college and I was transitioning, like, I couldn't go to the nail salon and yeah. stuff that I really wanted to do and stuff that like, and I always wanted to be when I'm in college, I always want, I always had this vision about, I'm about to be, you know, the black woman with the, with the, with the nails done, with the hair did with everything like that. I can't even get afford to get some of my nails done. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and that stuff happens to you. And, and, and you have to, and I had to think about it. I said, okay, well, if I was a 23, 24, I mean, 25, I'm, I'm probably not far from that age range or anything like that, but would I even be able to afford to donate? And mm. even if I wanted to, could I? Yeah. And I knew I couldn't. So it was something, I, and it was a big decision I had to make. And um, even though that 
it, it is a good cause to support other women. Um, it's something that I kind of had to like back off and say, okay, I'm just going to give people time and people, and a lot of people, especially during that transitioning phase, they work in retail too. Yeah. Retail stores are closed. Wow. And especially like, you know, so it's, it's, so it's something that, and, and I understand there's a lot of nonprofits who are still requesting money and just because they're, because they have to pay their workers too, you know? So it's not just, um, it's not just a, 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 it's a situation where not all nonprofits have to stop. Like the, some just have to continue to ask for money because that's how they generate money. Yeah. But for me, especially with a small scale like mine, I didn't feel, I didn't feel good about it. I, yeah. I didn't feel good about advertising. So I had to send an email saying, Hey, due to COVID, due to what's going on and me understanding about, you know, black women's lives, especially the transitioning period of, you know, especially, um, when they're, they're trying to get their lives together, I, I don't feel right about sending you guys an email about donating money. Mm. I really don't. Mm. So, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what happened. But like I said, if, if, if there's anyone out there who wants to donate, you can. It's open. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. But, you, you know, it's, it's something that I just kind of want to, like, uh, especially uh, you giving me the opportunity to explain that um, that's, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. And that and that's valid. And I thank you for for explaining that strategy. Um, and I hope that you know, you can still log on to your and still donate, because I think that it can still those funds can be redirected to help black women who've still been impacted by COVID in some way. Um, right. And, and as I'm listening to a lot of podcasts and just reading the news, I was listening to an HBR podcast, and I think it's called Women at Work. And the podcast was just talking about how in the midst of COVID, we're seeing um, a lot of women are severely more impacted than men at the workplace, even in the face of remote work, where we're seeing women are more of the caretakers and, you know, that interrupts their work disruption and they may not be able to perform as high as high at work on women and women of color especially are more targeted for layoffs. Um, I was reading on Twitter, um, there was a startup that had given severance severance packages. They laid off a lot of their white male workers and gave very generous severance packages, but then they retained the woman and other women and women of color. And you would think, oh, that's great, you know, whatever. But they actually retained them, but then cut their salaries. And so it's like, I think I would have rather preferred to have a severance package and then I need to find another job than, oh, we're going to keep you, but we're actually going to cut your salaries and make you work more hours. And so there's so many ways that this is affecting women differently and black women differently. And even in the recession that we had in 2008, we saw that women were more, were more likely and women and the facts showed that women were laid off. Wow. at higher rates than their wow. male counterparts. And many of those women did not return back to the workforce once the economy got started again. And so I think that it's really up to our colleagues with privilege to recognize that and to be more di- diligent and thorough when it comes to, you know, what what it looks like in the midst of COVID when the, once the economy gets back in place. Right, right. I want to talk about for the rest of the strategy for your corporate black girl, obviously the community is still active. There's a lot, I'm sure you're even getting more um, engagement than before in the midst of COVID. Um, What does that look like for the rest of the year? I'm curious if 2021 you're going to put on like an online conference or something. Have you thought of like, 
What are the big plans? To, whatever you can share with us. Granted, some of that is exclusive and you're going to have to go to your corporate black girl, get on the listserv, get on the newsletter, you know, right, and right. subscribe all of that. But what can you share with our listeners? So, okay. So I would say that your corporate black girl has always been an online platform. Yeah. So it, it, um, I have tried different ways of bringing it to, I guess, physical spaces. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if I bring it to this physical space, I feel like I'm kind of not allowing other women in the community to kind of see what's going on. Hmm. So I kind of feel guilty because I'm like, okay, I'm giving them a workshop, but I know that someone really needs this somewhere else and they're not getting it. So I've been trying to find ways in order to bring what's in person, which could be a recording or could be like this podcast, for example, just giving people information about um, what you know, just what we're talking about, how could they, they could relate to, um, especially like black women in general, especially in work life. But right now, um, and this was back in like April, I wanted to do a zoom and I wanted to do more about black women were able to express themselves with people and be able to kind of be, um, have that virtual online, but able to see other people's faces and people that they don't know and kind of talk about what's going on, especially with COVID. And I'm also working with other, brands to talk about uh, COVID and how COVID has impacted them. So that's something that I'm going in the works right now. Right now, like, you know, every, of course, everyone's online, everyone's trying to find ways and people are actually trying to get off online and go outside and start walking and, you know, be more proactive and trying to exercise and things like that, trying to find uh, different ways to kind of keep active. But that's something that I'm working on now. And hopefully it will bring into fruitation by the summertime. And, you know, when it comes to especially things like this, when it comes to just planning things and having events and things like that, especially when it comes to the outline platform, I had to realize I have to be very careful about like things that I type, things that I like write down, things that I, yeah, I put out there. Um, but this is something that's in the works. Um, and I'm really, really believe that's going to come to fruitation. Um, if, I guess when it comes to like an online conference, like you said earlier, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, so I've always had this thing where like, I don't, I really didn't want to charge people for things. Um, and it wasn't because I just didn't want to, you know, be able to allow the organization to make money. It was just something that I want everyone to have access to this information. And I know that if, if I was that age, like during that age, I'll be honest with you, I was someone where it's just like, oh, if it's not for free, I'd be like, nah, I don't want it. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. and, that's just the, and that's just the honest thing. And it wasn't because I didn't want to pay. Like there, there were times where I do, like, you know, I, I, I do appreciate um, when it comes to conference and things like that, but I, I want to be at a point where I don't overcharge. Um, yeah. A lot of people, especially, I don't want to, you know, say that those are bad things. Because a lot of people, they need to pay for because you know when you have a place you you have a platform you want to pay speakers too like that that's warranted speakers should be paid um but for me it it if i do decide to have an online conference and i do decide to bring on speakers i do want to be able to make sure that it's accessible in a way where people are able to afford it um people are able to say you know yeah i'm going to get on i want to be able to kind of get a lot of good gems from it um so that's my mindset right now. It might change. It might not change, but I'm at a mindset where I, see, when, when I study sociology, I see the limitations that black people have, especially mm. black women. Mm. I see, when, when, especially when you study, especially when you study a black woman and you study a, a race and, and you study and, and, and you read a whole bunch of books about a race, you, you, you kind of want to think about, okay, 
the decision I'm making, does that, does that promote black women or does that fail them? Hmm. And sometimes, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's a real question because sometimes I see a lot of organizations out here and they're not bad. Like a lot of people are doing really great things, but sometimes I wonder that they ask themselves that question, like me putting this out there, is it, am I promoting black women or am I failing them? Am I allowing them to spend hundreds of dollars on something where it's like, I wouldn't do it myself. Yeah. Um, so that's and, and so that's something that I think about. Everyone has a different opinion about it. Everyone can say different things about it. But as far as when it comes to your corporate black girl, I I hope and I and I and I really hope that nobody feels pressure to pay an enormous amount of money mm. to get access to information. Yeah. And that's something that I, I do I hope that that's that's kinda like I don't wanna say it's a vision, but it's something that I wanna embed it in what it is. So yeah, so like to to to, to round that up, <laughs> I do hope to have an online Zoom where we're able to communicate with other Black women and talk about COVID. And partnership, I am partnering with um, other organizations to be able to talk about COVID more and to have women talk about anonymously. Of course, um, yeah. my organization is mostly based on being um, anonymous, and you know, it's just to protect the person asking the question, and um, you know, so Black women doesn't don't feel like they're uh, I guess, what's that word? I'm going to say the sentence over again, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, black women, I want to be, I want to be able to make, dang, I had a word. I'm sorry. Let me think yeah. about it. Um, Was it in- included or? Um... I, w- I want people to, so my, so I want people to feel that they can be, yes, they can be included and they can express themselves without hurting their careers. Mm. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Like a black, like I feel like a lot of other races are able to express themselves on LinkedIn and say, hey, this is how I feel about my job. But mm. when a black woman does it, people will look at her like, oh my gosh, like she said that. Oh my gosh, that, you know, she does, she's not thankful for her job. You know, things like Agreed. that. Agreed. And, Agreed. Yeah, exactly. So I, the, the reason why I, I, I try to make sure that things are anonymous is because I don't want black women to feel like they have to be public about it. They can be anonymous, express themselves, and be able to get the answers that they want. Um, so that's something that I make sure that I always promote, saying, hey. And, and I noticed that when a black women are anonymous and they express themselves, that, that that's when they're truly honest. Yeah. You know? And it's it's really hard for a black woman to be honest because it, they – not everyone cares about everyone thinks, but some people do. And, and, and sometimes it kind of affects their career where someone sees something about, oh my gosh, she said this online. Like, I don't think she's really thankful for this job. So she's mm. not going to get the promotion. You know, like. Thankful. You know, that, I have, I have seen that so, so much. And it's yeah. like, this wasn't a handout. Like, I earned this. I have the certifications. Right. I have the qualifications for right. this. And me stating an area of improvement is not somehow a reflection of my standing in this job. Yeah, that right. I, I absolutely agree on that part. <laughs> so I'm sorry to go on this tangent, but you know that's something that I always wanted to allow women to do. And, and based mm-hmm. on my studies and based on my studies from University of Maryland um, and the coursework, and I really love the program, the sociology department is a really good program. Um, you know, you, 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 they teach you how to think in other people's shoes. And that's something I really appreciate. And because of that, also, I mean, of course, I am a black woman, of course. Um, I'm able to take that and to kind of run with it and to make decisions based on it. 
Absolutely. And I love that you're a corporate black girl. Like you said, it's truly, it was truly an online first community. And I love that you're maintaining that all throughout. And I think about some of these other opportunities where it's like, oh, we're having a conference in San Francisco, the most expensive city ever. Like, you know, right. or like, like, unfortunately, it's true. And I'm going to call it out. You know, I'm going to call it out. And where it's like, oh, you know, you can ask your work for funding for this con for this thousand dollar ticket conference or a six hundred dollar ticket. And you're just like, okay, let me, you know, if you're not if you're not working in an apartment that is as generous, or even if for a lot of the members of the community where you're early in your career, so you're still trying to even get right. grounding to even ask for that. It's like it's it's cut off completely to have those professional development experiences. And so right. I love that you you said that and it's going to continue to be that way. And I mm -hmm. think funny enough, what has come out of COVID, one good thing is that we're opening up a lot of these channels to be more accessible. Right. I'm seeing these conferences like I think Adobe has a conference in October that's now free. And previously, right. it was so expensive, you know, like mm -hmm. so many of these conferences that are now just saying, hey, we're online, we're free, you know, for or, or we're free for this window. And if you're behind this window, you have to pay, you know, whatever. And now mm -hmm. anyone can actually get in and soak up that information and grow without, you know, being sort of excluded or X'd out. Right, right. And, and, and I also wanted to kind of point out that, you, that you're absolutely right and sometimes things like this can kind of bring out um, just like and how like how an organization can function during this time, right? So it's like, okay, we can't have this conference, but how do we keep our brand alive? Yeah. <laughs> how do we, you know, how, how do we, how, how are we able to stay relevant? And you know what, let's just have this for free because we want to be able to continue to be Adobe or continue to be this brand and continue to let people know that we are still we are still alive and we are still doing things at the same time too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keeping that brand alive, which I think your corporate black girl is doing an amazing job at. Um, oh, and so, you. yes, of course. And you can visit at your corporate black girl.com and the Twitter page, which is your corp, uh, black BLK girl. Um, or if you just do a Twitter search, it'll come up instantly for you to right. follow on, on Twitter and on LinkedIn as well. Um, before we end, are there any last thoughts that you have or anything else to share? Um, I guess I want to share that as, as I just want to talk to like a young black woman who is like in this, I guess, situation where she's like, okay, I don't really know. I really don't know what I want to do, or I do have a vision or I do have something that I'm interested in. I will tell you now, do it. Absolutely. Like there's this there's this quote that it's I I forgot who wrote it, but they it was the quote was um a year from now you'll wish you'll start it today. Hmm. Hmm. And I and I and I put that quote everywhere because it's like if you don't do it today, a year from now you'll be like, Oh my gosh, like I had that idea, I wish I did it. Wow. And you don't wanna you don't wanna wish that you did, you wanna actually do it now. So if you say, Okay, there's a certification that you wanna go for or you want to try this new thing, don't wait. Because I'll say, I'll tell you this now, like you're what, whatever your age now, add a year to it, you're going to be what that next age, right? Yeah. So 
no matter what, whether you do it or not, you're going to be that same age or that next age mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever you do now, whatever decisions you make. And I'm not trying to pressure you to say, okay, I have to do something now. But if you have an idea, if you have that dream where you want to do something and you graduate, you're like, okay, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to kind of go for a certain thing. Don't wait on it. Don't sit on it. Just try whatever you can do, whatever you can, whatever it is, just go for it. Because when you go for it, you'll realize whether you like it or not, whether it's something that can sustain you or not, whether it's something that can, um, I guess be your, be your, maybe be your, uh, your income. That could something that you're thinking about now could actually be your income. And you'd be like, wow, like I really never thought this could be actually an income. And you know, so that's, that's like a last that I want to just tell somebody just start today because I'm at this age where it's like, I, there's a lot of things I want to do and I'm actually like writing it down. So like, okay, I'm going to have to start because I don't want to wait. I'm going to turn the next age anyway. So what I, what am I doing now to kind of make that happen? Absolutely. And, and I think that this is the time if like anything, because it's like, it's this, the time of pivoting, um, and where everyone's having to rebrand, recreate, renew, refresh themselves. So do it, you know, now while the world is really changing, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in such a dramatic way. And I love that a year from now, you will wish you had started today. So get started. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Funke, for just talking with us. And like I said, oh, no Your Corporate Black Girl is yourcorporateblackgirl.com. They're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Get connected. Get on the newsletter. And we'll see you all another time on another episode of It's Your Life. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>